Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fear the Big Deals podcast. My name's Neil, and I'm back with Sean. Who's... I am back. We've just been talking about stuff together. My life is at the minute. <laughs> Very <laughs> together. And uh, we've got a wonderful guest this week. We've got the lead man of professional wrestling. One of the best-dressed professional wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Yep, yep. <laughs> Mr. Tony Wright. Thank you. What an intro, thanks. That's good. I've been working on that all day, and that's the best to come up with. <laughs> how how are you? How's life? Yeah, um, life is life is life. You know, it's it's cold, it's grey, um, mm-hmm. but things are all right. Things are going okay. Good stuff. That's what we. Life's like going do. well, but are you currently drinking out of an aforementioned golden chalice like I currently am? <laughs> the highest of champagnes, <laughs> the highest cost of from a golden chalice. Sean's had a difficult day and he's drinking red wine out of a... Is it a paper cup or a styrofoam It's cup? a polystyrene cup. Polystyrene um, cup. I'm not even caring about the environment at the minute. It's just one of those weeks. Fuck Mother Earth. Fuck um, Mother Earth. Well, I'll, I'll take it back. When I, I'll, I will have calmed down in a few days and I'll take it back. I'll go outside and kiss the mud. Take it back. Just caress her. Caress somewhere, somewhere Greta Thunberg's just had a fucking aneurysm at you and just been like... <laughs> oh, no. She just she just slightly like twitched and was just like some, something... Something bad has just happened. <laughs> That's me doing a Greta Thunberg impression as well, by the way. Someone's it's just, just ruined the environment. It's just Johan's voice, but slightly, slightly more eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Tony, you're a wrestler, as we've just established in your wonderful um, intro. Yeah, yeah some it. people would say I'm a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> what, we, what we tend to do is we, we do just start off by asking you the question of when did you first get into wrestling? As a as a fan, um, for me, uh, I, my brothers used to watch it and stuff. My older brothers, um, were, yeah, they they'd have like the games, the video games and stuff. So I sort of started getting introduced by that. But I watched my first match uh, about two thousand and three, so twenty years. Wow! Uh, uh, would would this be like a televised match or your your first sort of live um, experience oh, with a wrestling match? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, years later was the first like live match I saw, um, but this was they we, so we'd have like a family friends that would w- watch the pay per views, buy the pay per views, and they put it on a videotape for us to then watch. I've still got have... some of the old family friends gave me. I've got fully loaded <laughs> two thousand and um, Royal Rumble, and they've even got like stickers, vinyl stickers on them, yeah, like, yeah. the taken in the rock that I'd cut <laughs> out of a magazine and put on. I'm weirdly nostalgic for like those days as well even though like the quality was shit and you have to like fast forward loads of loads of bits but like yeah we we'd have we had a so the tape we had was wrestlemania 19 so that just happened nice and i distinctly remember watching like Shawn michaels chris jericho was like the first match i saw so that was yeah that's a good first match that rest i think that wrestlemania is up there is like it's it's great isn't it it's it's the limp biscuit wrestlemania isn't it I yeah. would hate to be any match after that that you've watched because, like, <laughs> that, that's quite a high standard to see as a first match, like HBK Jericho. Yeah. It's not like you're watching sort of like, uh, I don't know, Mosh and Thrasher against sort of like the, the, the Guns or something like that. That they were good, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Like, this is like sort of being introduced to art and being told that, like, you know, um, the Mona Lisa is the standard <laughs> sort of thing. It's like everything should be like this. Yeah, uh, I, I don't remember too much from other stuff I saw around the time, but it would be like episodes of SmackDown where it'd be like the FBI versus whatever. Yeah. So there's, you know, 
there's, there's I, I, something... I saw the real life part of it very quickly. Yeah, there's something sort of comforting about watching old pay. It's not even an old pay per view, but well, it's twenty years ago. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is now. Unfortunately, it is now. But like, it feels like, on, like just yesterday. Oh, I know. Watching them on VHS rather than like on a DVD or on a network, yeah. it's just like I don't know because I'm old, so. Mm, I have a question. Go on. Do you guys have, or did you have like a specific, one specific wrestling tape that you'd always like, you just watch over yeah, and over? Uh, I mean, uh, no Backlash 2000. Nice. Mine. Uh, Backlash 2000. Rock Triple H was a brilliant match. It was the one Stone Cold came back uh, after blowing yeah. up the X Express, and he was just <laughs> so fat and out of shape, and he just waddled <laughs> down to the ring, hitting everyone with a chair. I think he fell over Pat Patterson, but it was still the best thing ever because we hadn't seen him for a whole... <laughs> Eight months or something yeah. like that. Mine's um, mine's WrestleMania nine. <laughs> that's just that's just how old I am. It's the you know the uh, the Roman Coliseum one. Yeah, and it's but it was it's... in an actual Roman Coliseum. It was that old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was um, <laughs> it was the Greco-Roman wrestling. It wasn't even like um, sports. Jim Ross and a toga. Jim Ross in a toga and Bobby Heenan coming in backwards on a camel. <laughs> with his with his little oh, blue I don't want to see JR hanging brain in a toga. <laughs> it was it was nice. nice. Yeah, you do. No, it's it's one of them. It's like it wasn't even because it was like it wasn't the best sort of wrestling WrestleMania. Like has the best matches and stuff, but it was just as a God, however old I was when I first saw it, I was like, wow, everyone's like dressed as Romans. This is fucking cool. Yeah. I probably just learned about them in school as well. How much of a nerdy kid were you? <laughs> oh, he's dressed up as a Roman. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to tell me that it's not. No, it was popular. <laughs> yeah, was. <laughs> it's that thing that was going around the internet a while ago, wasn't it? Where it was like, apparently all men think about the Roman Empire a lot. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I, I mean, I think about the the, the Roman Empire maybe <laughs> on a bi-monthly basis. If if I see something that reminds me of it, but I'm more of a I'm more of a Greek mythology kind of guy. I think about that at least four times a second. Right now, I'm <laughs> thinking of a centaur. <laughs> I I've just realised I think about the Roman Empire because of WrestleMania Nine. Yeah. If you can include those memories as well, like Jim Ross in a toga and stuff like that, then I think it all counts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What what did you say yours was? Your sort of like one that you go back? Um, so I picked up a tape of uh, No Mercy 2000 from a car boot fair. Yes. And that was, I like that show I, I watched over and over again. Again, it's not the best wrestling, but no, it's just... It's just from that time as well, isn't it? And it's just I like... think every pay-per-view from that year, the year 2000, is iconic in its own, right? Like, these days, you know, you have pay-per-views just dotted around everywhere, but um, each one of those felt like a singular event in the sense that it, yeah. it was... Um, yes, it was... Maybe some, some rivalries were prolonged for a period, you know, your, your rock, triple H sort of thing, but um, each month you'd have new main events in these pay-per-views and, and and for me the story the build-up to them felt quite um sort of quite well engineered it, it, it felt quite sort of um organic organically got to yeah. whereas now 
like some rivalries are quite well done now, but they they, they feel really overly manufactured. It's like yeah. you can sort of set your watch by when a rivalry ends, when the new one is going to start up, and that the rest of it's going to be completely forgotten about. Whereas I think in that attitude here, it's an elated attitude here. Everything sort of left a stench, you know, like when someone had a rivalry, that sort of stuff hung around and, and, and it snowballed onto the next one or people would come and go from the same ones and stuff. Um, yeah. The storytelling, I don't want to big up Vince Russo too much, <laughs> uh, but he did sort of set a precedent for 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 that type of storytelling to go on before. Obviously, they started with the whole, um, what was it called, the ruthless aggression era where they stopped yeah. saying fucking bugger and stuff like that. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were each each pay per view the year two thousand. I will happily go back and, and what sort of ni- late ni- mid ninety nine up until sort of maybe um, not far after the post invasion. Um, sort of late two thousand one, is I started sort of spelling a rat a little bit. Um, and, and come, I think by by two thousand four, I'd I'd fully came away from it. Yeah, for, for quite a long period. Royal Royal Rumble two thousand with oh, uh, Cactus Jack. Triple H in that uh, was just incredible. That's one of the ones you go back to all the time. If you're like, if you're not doing anything, you're a bit bored. You're like, that's going on. I love any show they did in Madison Square Garden when it was facing that little tiny like the little tiny entrance way. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. almost saloon doors. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, it's perfect. So good. It 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 worked well with like the New York crowd as well, didn't it? Because the New York crowds yeah. are always very rowdy, and especially ruckus. especially in the Attitude Era when they they brought a lot of ruckus. It was just like it was just it was just mayhem when someone was walking that very short what twenty five foot to the ring. That's it. But it, it it feels like longer than the ones now do. I mean, now they've got a good sort of like to be continued before they get to the ring. They can have adverts and <laughs> someone's entrance and stuff now, but those ones back then, for each pay-per-view, they'd only have subtle sort of um, aesthetic differences. Like Backlash, yeah. you had the hooks fully loaded, you had yeah. the dice. Now they go all out with it, but I could recognise one of those pay-per-views more so than I could if you showed me the decor for, for, for one now, unless it was written in big letters yeah. in yeah. front of me. I, I could specifically tell what was sort of, you know, uh, no way out. Hell in a Cell, Armageddon, things like that. Um, as much as they're trying hard, and know, it's like the more they try, the more generic it becomes, I think. Yeah, it's like the In Your House as well, isn't it? Like, yeah, obviously, with the big house at the at the top of the ramp. Well, does what it says on the tin. Does, and it was, it was In Our Houses. The In Your House ones are good as well. Um, the Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels Mankind. Oh yeah, was... uh, man games. Yeah, yeah, that's a belter of a match. It was just so like... because is that one on where he, he sort of wrapped them in the um the mat on the outside and just started yeah. jumping on him. <laughs> Definitely gets him on the head. Like yeah, see where mankind ends up, and then he wraps him over. Like he stomps right on his head. Yeah, he gets him on his head, but I don't think it matters with Mick Foley, does it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you have got I know you've got um an appearance coming up at Atomic Wrestling on the sixth yes. of December. I nearly said November then, but that's gone. Um and you were in <laughs> you were in the 
what was it called? The Brew House of Horror. The last Brew one. House of Horror was the show, and, and then you were in the Rumble Monster in the, the Monster Mash Rumble. Yeah. Monster Mash Rumble. Monster I say. I say you were in the rumble. The Bundertaker was in the in the rumble. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was in attendance that day, but it was the Bundertaker that took my spot in the, yeah. in the rumble. Yeah, it's 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 like um... the moves were so well like executed as well. It was so cool to see, man. Like they were so brilliant. Even like Thank the clothesline, like the sort of the front flip clothesline and everything was just absolutely spot on, man. You was... can't do these things by half. You got to like fully no. go full on, go full on. Yeah, was was there any was that your one and only thought of what you wanted to do in that rumble, or did you have any other, um, shall we say, characters in mind or people to take your place? Um, that was the that definitely was the main idea. I was I was really struggling to like pick a pick a character to do. I probably was gonna go the route of like a wrestler, just yeah. because, um, it's just fun. To, fun to do uh i had maybe like two weeks before the show i had watched the um ovw documentary on netflix and i was like should i just be al snow <laughs> i was gonna get like a little major heat and i just thought like it's not al, <laughs> al snow's not fun enough to even warrant <laughs> no <laughs> He had a brief spell about like twenty something years ago when he used when to he was yeah. he was good for six Blood. months. Yeah, yeah, when he was with Steve Blackman, and he had yeah, that yeah. weird little sort of. I just love how like um, when he was talking about obviously we had the the uh, the mischief he got up to when he was talking about Molly Spartan's match with uh, Rio. Yeah. Um, and, and I loved how he was talking about that sort of, you know. Uh, what what does this do for the story? Where does this go? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, Al Snow, who used to walk around with a plastic head so sort of getting kids <laughs> to scream about blowjobs. Where was the story going? It's like, you hypocritical fool. I don't like Al Snow. Yeah. That's yeah. what's sort of annoying me. I'm getting more and more annoyed at, like, all these old-timers. Like, they just hate everything. They hate it because they're not part of it anymore. It's just bitterness. It's not even hate. It's just insecurity and bitterness. It's a weird thing as well of like, I don't, you might get this in other industries, but you see it with wrestling of like, technically he went quite far, you know, he was on TV for a few years Mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing, but he doesn't really achieve anything. (laughs) No, he, he, he talks a lot about how he was in an angle with, with mankind uh, and the rock, he was just used as a storytelling tool. He wasn't actually in an angle yeah. with them, and the whole angle of it was was that the rock didn't know who he was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so cool. Al, well done. The rock doesn't know and who I am. The dog food thing, the whole <laughs> him, he, uh, uh, boss man feeding his dog to him and stuff like yeah, that's got loads to do with wrestling. Al, well yeah. done, thanks. And if if you'd have come out, sorry, if you'd have got Al Snow to take your place in the rumble, um. How many people would have got the reference? Oh, none. Because there's very few. The, the, the crowd. You would have heard one sarcastic laugh, and it would have been me. Just one <laughs> <laughs> and a clap in the background, and that was it. <laughs> Just one person going, me going, nice. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't think many people actually read the the uh, the screen to see that it was the Undertaker as opposed to the Undertaker, because I walked out. Obviously, in the in the costume, so people saw that. But then I think people were quite perplexed by the um, 
by by the buns. <laughs> well, I was going to say I I saw the sort because where we were sat, we could see the whole like the back screen projector wall thing, and then I saw your ass after it. So I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the buns are taken. <laughs> That's really funny, and I was like, it it just had me like giggling for like five minutes <laughs> every time. Oh, it's so stupid. The most fun I've had though. That's what it's about. Is like that's what we we say a lot on on this show is that it's wrestling's meant to be fun and you're meant to have a good time. Yeah, you need to do like the um, the multi character thing at the next rumble, like uh, Mick Foley is like, dude, love yes. uh, Cactus Jack and Mankind. Yeah, who could, who could a trio of characters be who you could come out as? Would it be other wrestlers or would this be? Sort of like three Game of Thrones characters or something like I'll that. Do, I could do wrestlers, but I'll do the three personalities oh. from one wrestler that no one would uh, would want to see. The Godfather. I knew you were just saying. I would, if there's like a Halloween theme one, come out just like one of the witches from Hocus Pocus <laughs> like each time. <laughs> Have like the full body pattern for, I can't remember her name, but. I'm gonna go all out snow here, the big girl. <laughs> focus, focus. What was her name? I can't remember. But when when anyone talks about like wrestlers with who've had multiple characters, my mind doesn't go to like mankind, Mick Foley, Dude Love, or you know the the different incarcerations of the Undertaker. Incarceration is not even the right word. Anyway, uh, like you know, American badass. Um, the, the, the dead man original one my mind goes to ministry yeah my, my mind goes to fucking the godfather yeah. papa shango <laughs> i'm at the ultimate fighting machine i'm just like why does it go there i've always got a special like papa shango was one of my like oh geez when i got into wrestling as a kid I, I, like I, i've openly said in the past i'm very much about like the aesthetics and things like yeah. that when it comes to wrestling i like face paints i like masks and things and like ultimate warrior and pa- I, I i remember i had this cardboard it was like cheap old card. It was like a wrestling trading <laughs> card of uh, Papa Shango, and I just remember the pose and everything in it. All we stuck with him and just sort of like cup in his hands, sort of like um, witch doctor style. Yeah. Um, and I just loved it. I think it was brilliant. And to be honest, I've probably never seen him wrestle until he probably was the Godfather. Because as a kid, I didn't give a fuck about the wrestling. I just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted see, to see these him. characters come out and do stuff. Yeah. Just wanted to see him make the Ultimate Warrior throw up and make weird black goo come from the top of his head. <laughs> but when you when you're a kid, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Next next time you're in a rumble, do the do the uh, the Godfather and think I will. Think I will. Only, only if it's Halloween, no. You can't unless <laughs> unless you want. Oh no! no bring person. it out at Easter just to fuck with people. Yeah. <laughs> Have you so <laughs> do it at the Hanukkah I'm... rumble? I might do it on the December 6th, Atomic. I've not got a match yet. So... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you create a match. <laughs> You've not Let's got make a match. you the Kevin Nash of Atomic. Just book yourself, man. Just book yeah, yourself. Man. Just you can be the Kevin Sullivan. Just be careful with your quads. Don't take your quads <laughs> while you're walking or some shit. So you've not got a you've not got a match booked in yet. No, I'm uh I'm there's there'll be something for me, apparently. Mm. But uh, I hope so, because yeah. you're on the poster. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've asked me to be there. Yeah. I'm in attendance. There's got, there's got to be something. <laughs> They're just like, yes, he's agreed. Now, what the <laughs> fuck do we do with him? <laughs> or maybe you know what's happening and you're just not telling us. 
Is there anyone on the Atomic roster who you haven't wrestled yet who you'd maybe like to? Um, quite a few, actually. Um, I've not wrestled 2-Bit before, and he's genuinely one of my favourite people. 2-Bit's to, uh, brilliant, to isn't he? Uh, in- incredible. Um, Joe Kessler is another. Um, Deck McCarthy. I mean, he would kick the shit out of me, but it'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, good match. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's also there's quite a few people. With, I like Atomic because it's quite a variety show. There's like yeah. very different people doing different things, and uh, you know, I I I think I've got good wrestling skill, but uh, I know I'm quite like entertaining and sort of fun character and personality, and I never get to wrestle the the sort of more. Um, I guess the more intimidating, more serious characters like like Deck and Kessler and people like that. Um, so it'd be, it'd be, I think it'd be quite fun to do. Um, I'd love to see Tony Wright versus Isaac North in a bra. Like, I was just, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that without a bra and panties match. To be fair, but yeah, that well, way. like full on naked, you devil. <laughs> yeah, but did just trying to give him the dignity yeah. with some bra and panties. That's just savage. What you're after. <laughs> Yeah, but he'd have like a like a the black censored logo over the uh, areas. Through the ring, guys, just holding black cards <laughs> on sticks, just moving them side to side throughout the whole match, just trying to catch us, twirling I mean, it round when someone does the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that'd, that'd be like... an interesting match, wouldn't it? To be fair. Yeah, no, it would. It'd be a, a very fun matchup. But and as we were saying, I'm a. Quite a well dressed fella, so I don't think it'd be brown panties, but it'd be more of like an evening gown match or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just got a vision of Isaac North in the evening gown now. The most gothic evening fair. gown you've ever seen in your life. Oh, yeah, no, I imagine I more of like a Wednesday Adams style. Oh, oh, yeah, Penny, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Isaac North in a Penny, it needs to happen. That's cool. He's never going to come on the show, but he's going to say what we want. That's the, that's the, tag, that's the tagline for this episode. Just, just, just tag a minute and just try and get him on it. Other than Atomic, what else have you got coming up? Match, well, promotion match-wise. Event-wise, um, that's the word. Fuck no. Event-wise. So, uh, the end of the November, so, well, basically the end of the week, um, I've got a big sort of huge match at Future Shock um, in Manchester, um, which I'm pretty you know looking forward to. No holds barred. I seem to be getting a lot Ooh. of more street fighty hardcore matches recently, and I'm quite. I'm it's quite that rough, enjoying. rough demeanor of yours that you have. They just, they just. I know, you, right? You ooze Moxley, <laughs> um, so they just want to put you in these severe matches all the time. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I'm here for it. Uh, I welcome it. I don't know if I could do a, a death match or anything like that, but uh, I, I'm building. I'm, I'm on my way. It could be one of those. That, like the, the more of these types of matches that you're in, you'll probably find yourself in a death match without even knowing it at some point, just because you, you take these baby steps and go a little bit more extreme each time. Yeah, you'll yeah. be sat there like a match will begin once, and you'll be trapped in barbed wire, and you'll have that sort of wonder years moment of. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Middle of a DOA show. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah, why, yeah. Uh... <laughs> how did I get here? When when's the future shock match? Uh, it's the twenty sixth. So yeah, Sunday the twenty sixth. Sunday. We'll we we'll, this will be out before then. We'll 
Yeah, yeah, so, yeah little, little plug. And, um, and if it isn't, congratulations on your match. That's uh, a future <laughs> shot. That was who would have expected that, eh? I can't believe, can't believe that happened. All the things that happened. All the um, things happened. So I think I've got a few. I've got a few shows in December, but I can't think where I am. Um, I think Leeds might be. I might be in Leeds. Um, <laughs> They'll just edit it in. Just voice over. Are you just going to get phone calls straight in mornings? Just like Tony, just to remind you, you're on uh, <laughs> in, in 20 minutes and you're in Leeds and the match is in London. <laughs> um, I've had those experiences before. Not necessarily with wrestling, but um, yeah, I'm pretty mm-hmm. disorganised in that manner. I, I try my best. <laughs> Same. We, 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 have, we have that experience every podcast episode you do. I'm like, Sean, what time are you coming on later? Yeah. Um, <laughs> We all came on before. I wasn't even on camera. I was just dropping shit on the floor off camera and was just trapped in wires and dropping stuff. It was cool. You could just see a panda blanket and some Greg's tracksuit pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got the... I was thinking to myself then, what? I've got them on. I'm wearing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me. The Greg's tracksuit. I had something to say then and I completely forgot what... Oh, yeah, that was it. Um, You mentioned, obviously, you've had them situations where, you've, where you might have been somewhere else when you had to be somewhere but not in wrestling you are also a comedian um on a hiatus yeah on a hiatus from being a comedian you're still funny yeah. oh thanks we, we've um, laughed at, we've laughed well he's, he's not taking a hiatus from being funny he's just he's, <laughs> he's taking a hiatus from expressing it on stage he's like, yeah, just you, sometimes it feels like for six months taking yeah. a hiatus from getting paid to be funny yeah um so go on I was just going to say, is did that? Did you do that before the wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started doing that probably about 2015. So I was like 18 at the time, and I did that solidly for years. And I didn't get into. I was obviously always a wrestling fan, but I didn't get into the wrestling stuff until uh, about 2018, where I started doing backstage work for Future Shock. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I got I got into wrestling because of comedians that I met. Um, we know of uh, Chris Brooker, um, obviously working within wrestling. Yeah. And there's quite there's loads of comedians that are really into wrestling. It's like such a crossover. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I did that. I did that for a while. I was basically I sort of I was getting a bit burnt out, and then the pandemic hit, and I was like, yeah. cool, I'm just going to take a break now. Um, and then went fully into wrestling and that's what we're doing now the you've just asked answered one of the questions that i was going to ask was how how you got into the actual being a wrestler side of things um obviously through comedy yeah so yeah it's sort of like a snowball effect from like i met brooker uh watching like uh, some comedians went to a friend's house to watch a pay-per-view and you know that's not snowboarding to go into future shock and then when i was at future shock um i became good friends of sam bailey and he was like hey yeah. come down to the training school if you want um you know I was, I was having a bit of a rough time at that time in my life so he was like yeah come down hang out you can just chill that's fine and then i did that for a few weeks and then after a few weeks he threw me a pair of knee pads and was like go on <laughs> get in. like I'll give it a go and uh yeah, it just I was I was only in at first it was like this is fun, I'm just gonna do it. And then it was like, okay, I could probably do a match. I, I can yeah. I can give this a go. I'll do it, I'll do it once. 
and then I did a match, and I'll, uh, I just, there's nothing else I want to do. And the rest was, is history. So was it li- there was the like an history. immediate click once you, once you had the match, then it was like, that's when it set in for you that this is what I am. I am yeah. now in my lane, so to speak. I am now on track for, for what I want to do. Definitely, yeah, because I've, I've, I've always loved performing. I've done it in various things. I've also done like sort of panto and things like that and uh, acting for camera and all that, different things. And I've always enjoyed it, but there's always something like, okay, I, I, I like that a lot, but it's not ticking all the boxes. But then wrestling, especially that first show that I did, it was like, oh, everything that I want from like performing, I can do through yeah. this. Uh, I'm testing myself all the time because I'm not an athlete. I'm really not. So um, the Same. actual physical side of it is a really good like test. I know a front flip clothesline that begs to differ. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so there, there's people that come into this from like sporting backgrounds or like uh, gymnastic or like dance backgrounds, and they they f- physically understand wrestling immediately, but took me a while to get but then like the performance side of it and the character and connecting with audiences and stuff that just makes sense to me that's just what i know how to do so like yeah doing that first show everything was just like yeah this is sick this is great i can make people laugh if i want to i can do that Mm -hmm. or you know i can be a bit dramatic and i throw myself about and yeah it's just cool so that's i suppose it it has a similar versatility is to as you would for if you would have stayed at like the performing arts side of things they, they, there's always yeah. different avenues for you to go down to select character wise and right who do who, who do i want to attempt to be this time around there's a lot of spitballing you can do with it isn't it yeah yeah because it's like obviously in the grand scheme of things wrestling is still quite a niche it's quite it's big it's, it's huge to all of us and there's you know there's loads of fans like who watch it and go to shows and things but the wider world is still quite small, but even within that, mm-hmm. there's so many genres of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can do whatever you want. Again, it's like there's hardcore wrestlers, or there's like, you know, the sort of strong style, or there's character comedy wrestlers, or there's luchadors. You know, there's so many different things you can do, and you never have to stick with one if you don't want to, but like you can just mm-hmm. express yourself and do whatever. I really, really enjoy like the comedy style of wrestling as well. Like, I like a. I like most wrestling, to be fair. Yeah. But when when you've seen some of them comedy wrestlers, like you like Sassantino, um, I think Santino and possibly Cole Cabana are probably two of the best comedy wrestlers. Yeah. Should we yeah. say? Yeah, I think I'd they say... know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah. I'd say Goldust is up there as well. I'd say oh, Dust is up yeah. there as well. He's he's always been hilarious. I think the the, the period where he had a stammer. Uh, <laughs> and I know it's like technically you're laughing at a disability. Yes, it's yeah. bad. So, uh, but I mean, it, it was sort of funny. I mean, there's a clip. I think he was in the ring with Triple H and Ric Flair, uh, and they were like genuine. I mean, they, he they, just cracks them the up. The thing was he? for them to laugh anyway, but they are genuinely yeah. sort of like because I think he, he's saying like cock cock. Yeah, I think he's definitely up there, definitely with range as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Really good I, well, think... I always think like the, the best comedy wrestlers, you know, can still you know they can still do it, they can still wrestle, they're still good, but yeah, they just like Santino has proper like wrestling skill and uh, yeah. so is Colt Cabana. But then like so you got those guys, 
who are like they're so funny and they just like they have it all down pat. And then you have other guys that, if you look at someone like Kurt Angle or Booker T, they've done their fair share of funny mm-hmm. in in wrestling and in promos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Kurt they're Angle's all like, funny, so funny. Yeah, I think it's... Booker T. I think one of the more like undervalued comedic segments of his. I don't know if you remember it. It was when the N- the NWO did the WWE reformation where they, where they got back together and just pulled everyone in and, and Booker T joined for a brief period and he's he's backstage with Kevin Nash and I think it's I want to say it's X Pac and he's singing Shawn Michaels theme song <laughs> but he's just singing it like I'm not your sucker sucker and he, he himself bursts out laughing while he's doing it because you can tell that Kevin Nash and, and X Pac are read, pretending to read newspapers because they're just like cracking up that much but he is he's so funny and then you have things like the um the, the shopping market scene yeah. with oh yeah steve austin and again kurt angle his scenes with stone cold steve austin jimmy crack Horn, the tiny hats with the guitar <laughs> and things like that maybe it's stone cold who's actually funny he just pulls it out <laughs> of people he he's like the straight guy cold. to everyone else's sort of like uh, yeah yeah off guy you know that you know that video of Stone Cold dancing to "Never Gonna Give You Up" by Rick Astley. <laughs> is 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 that is that real? Is that really yeah. him dancing? Is it? Yeah, 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 that was actually. I think I think he might have been pissed when he did it. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, that's actually him. Who did you think it was? <laughs> no, but I don't mean like was it actually him? I mean, was it like fake? Like oh no, that it was from like. 15 years ago, I don't think technology had got that far. Yeah, well, for us anyway. No, that's before AI. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's one of the best sort of like funny things I've seen. Stone Cold dancing to Rick Astley. That is hilarious. He looks like he's wearing a back brace on it though, because he's sort of like it's 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 all <laughs> neck and shoulders, isn't it? Yeah, like he's being held hostage from like the waist down. <laughs> and they're sort of like holding his arms, and he's just sort of like this. And he, he, he did break his neck once. He did. Well, Owen Hart broke it, but. Well, yeah. We can forgive him. We can. Ship it down. <laughs> it was bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tony, did you. I don't know whether I've dreamt this or saw it earlier on today. Did you actually team with Santino? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this year's. For the love of wrestling, uh, convention, um, future the, the three conventions so far, Future Club always puts on a show on the Saturday, um, and every year there's like a celebrity tag match. So, I think uh, the first one was Jim Duggan who did the first one. Um, this then, year, no, th- th- so this was so the first oh, one right. was 2019. <laughs> I was going to say, so, um, so 2019, Jim Duggan did it, and then in the Rumble we had Pete Dunne. So that's mm. a pretty good. Uh, yeah. selection. Then the second for the love of wrestling in Liverpool um, last year was Grado and Anthony Agogo as opposing team captains. Um, and then Braun Strowman did the rumble. Um, and then this year Santino was a team captain and I got to be on his team this year. Um, How surreal was that? Because, like, yeah. I mean, Santino was one of those people, like, as you were saying, like, round about the, 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 the period that you got into wrestling, not long after, he would have came along 
And yeah. w- whether you want to admit it or not, Santino was big for a while. He, he, yeah. he really did get over with everyone. How surreal was it? Because let, it's not even that long of a period from him actually coming off, you know, sort of like uh, active roster, main roster status, and still being in, in, in the public yeah. mindset, to then be stood next to him, waiting for the tag, so to speak. It's, uh, it was really, like, it was very... I never thought I'd have a proper, like, pinch-me moment at all, but, like, mm-hmm. that one was... I kept turning to, like, the Synergy boys who was ta- on the team as well and just been like, can you believe this is real? Like, in the match, I was like, I'm just happy to be here. This doesn't seem real at all. Um, and then it's also, like, it was just being around him taught, like, that 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 match literally was like, nothing matters. It taught me nothing matters. It's just yeah. supposed to be like, if any, like we, we, we've already mentioned it, wrestling should be fun. I, every sort of match before then, you sort of thinking about what's going to go on and you just want to make sure everything goes right and all that sort of thing. And, you know, quite a few matches after that one. But that match specifically, as soon as we went out and we were all there, like in the ring and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, for the next 20 minutes, whatever happens, happens. This is going to be the easiest thing in the world just watching him do his thing, like seeing how he works the crowd and stuff like that. It was insane. Um, and then, yeah, it was just like seeing this guy that I'd watched. And yeah, by the time he came around, I was firmly a wrestling fan at this point. I've been watching it like five years or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he came in to take the Intercontinental title, obviously with help with yes, Bobby Yes, it was the, the IC whole, title. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, McMahon... Uh, Donald Trump feud, I think it was. <laughs> oh, took it off of Umaga, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, well, it's huge. Like that's massive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then had like a career full of really iconic moments. Is it right as well? I mean, I think I've heard from from more than one or two talents in the past that like Sancio is especially generous with with his advice and 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 what he he sort of passes on to people. Apparently, he's very giving him with with his knowledge. Um, to, to to pass on to people for anyone who you know who's willing to approach him. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I'd I'd say so. Like he's he was he seemed obviously he'd have a long day of like uh, autographs and stuff. And to be mm-hmm. like <laughs> that day, he seemed quite um, just kind of right. Okay, who are all these people? Look backstage, he was like, who are all these people? They seem he was he's perfectly lovely, but he was just kind of like I don't know. It's 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 also. He'd only just got back to the ring, so he'd not really been wrestling actively for years. So yeah, I think he was right. quite sort of thinking about that. But on a generosity front as well, he uh, quite often, you know, even if they're nice, celebrities like that can sign up to these matches and they're like, I'll just jump in at the end, you know. Half ass it. Yeah, you guys working out. Give me the hot tag and then we'll uh, we'll go from there. But he got so excited about putting the match together and was like um did the whole system of where we did like the warm tag hot tag thing so uh uh he gave me a little tag so i got to get in and sort of do my thing and then we built to him getting tagged back in for the for the for the big moment um and yeah he wanted to do that he wanted to get in and work with uh oscar byron and wrestle around a bit and um and then took loads of moves and stuff like that. Took took a portion of the match, and um, he didn't have to do that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. nothing in the contract says that he had to be in the ring for a certain amount of time. And again, he hadn't wrestled in a while, so maybe he wouldn't want to. 
but he he just he was so up for it and um yeah it's just really cool um we, we asked and I, I didn't get much feedback of uh, feedback off him on the night because to be fair i was just a little bit on cloud nine and um yeah, yeah so understandable. thank you thank you so much um <laughs> But we, I know we've, that, we've already listened to this, so if you want to send them a little message, yeah, um, <laughs> on the spot now, <laughs> mate, Mr. Morella, you are an absolute G. Thank you. Did you get to use the Cobra? Yes. Um, well, he had an official Cobra. We was hoping that he more he might have brought more of them with him. Yeah. But he he told us that he forgot to uh, bring his merch. Um, he left it like he. He realised just as he boarded the plane to come over. So um, we ended <laughs> up buying... Home alone moment, just slapping his <laughs> cheeks like, oh, no. Um, so he had his own, but uh, we bought some green football socks and just, like, drew <laughs> the shittiest cobra we could on there. Um, but I think Straight that from... kind of adds to it, because we're... When it's, you know, it's good, but it's not the real thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Straight from Sports Direct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm fairly certain I bought a pack of white socks from Primark when we went to meet Mick Foley about 10 or so years ago, Neil. Like, I, mean, I only needed one, so I was just throwing them out to people in the crowd who hadn't sort of bought their own. <laughs> all, got a, all got a sock I've still got Mick it Foley. somewhere. It's it's covered in like the rest of that night out that we had, Neil. There's all sorts of like alcohol shots. Oh, no, I went, I went all home, over didn't I? It. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, got off an that was that was not a good time in my life. <laughs> anyway, it, it is cool though. With speaking about Santino, there it is cool when you hear about people like that and they're like and the the nice rather yeah. than like sort of no <laughs> being standoffish and stuff, which you can understand why some people are because you get like we've we've seen it recently where people are waiting in the airport for people at like five in the morning to sign stuff and it's just like yeah stop it like and the th- with, with those types of events as well i mean i've i've worked backstage at a couple of those for the love of events not the not the best ones do there and like the, the, the guests are basically treated like cattle at them um they, yeah. they're just sort of paraded through and then when they are sort of backstage and stuff every single person there is trying their hardest to like be the like the person in front of them talking to them and stuff like that. So yeah. they, they they are having to sort of socially fend off a lot of people. And I get that because like, you know, if I was to put myself in in a situation like that, not not like being admired by fans, but just in in a situation where lots and lots of people are trying to bother me simultaneously, yeah. I wouldn't really want to engage with you know as nice as someone else is. I I may not want to engage with anyone after that type of scenario, you know what I mean? So um, I do get why it's a place like that. They they can come across as what may seem standoffish. Yeah. Um, but it's basically just I'm really just getting bombarded with attention for yeah. a minute, and I don't really want it. It's probably um, like really mentally exhausting. I oh, yeah. I get burnt out just by being around people I love for four hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it's like to have people are like wanting something from you. You know. Yeah, I, get, I get that. After any conversation with Neil, I have to jump in the shower and scrub myself with steel wool amidst the burst of tears. But it's true. Uh, I've got like a callus to it now. We talk quite a lot, don't we, Neil? So it's at least once a week. At least it's, it's just, more just than this. three words. <laughs> yeah, just a podcast. We don't talk. Otherwise, we're just like, go on. We're not even friends. I don't even know his second name. 
I just thought your name was Neil Neil. Neil Neil. Live, live professional Neil. <laughs> you know, I'm just like a Brazilian footballer because my name's just Neil. <laughs> but um, quickly going back to comic, comic comedic, comedic wrestlers, um, Gene Money has got to be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes the money. <laughs> I, I feel like Gene does his own thing as well. Like his style of wrestling funny is very different to other sort of comedy wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. It's quite uh, and I appreciate that as well. Like yeah. I think it's, got, it's got a, it's got a work like a working class working class sort of smack to it, like his type of humor. And I think that's why it's so universal. Yeah. Like yeah. that's why he has such that sort of following around him as well. But someone with, with his look and style as well, or he he could very easily be that sort of thuggish, brutish, sort of hard man type character. Um, yeah, yeah, again, he's a big he, guy, he, isn't he? He has that's it. Yeah, he, yeah, he's capable of versatility. Um, and I think that's just testament to him even more that he with the avenue that he's gone down, he's flourished so much in it. And and it's purely from him himself. It's yeah. it's him who's who's created that whole thing. He hasn't, from what I've gathered, he's never really. And I don't mean this in like a negative way, but he's never really took on uh, what other people should think he, you know, what other people think he should be or what other people think he should do. It's very much he's had that mindset of this is who I want to be in the ring. This is who I'm yeah. going to be, and he's absolutely smashed it. And he's sure. an absolute ball in it, isn't he? Hmm. Because we we saw him um the match against Scotty Too Hotty about three years ago. That was three years ago. Get out of your own ass. Was that a year ago? Two years ago. Early last year, something like that. Early like eighteen months. Two years ago. Stop wishing our life away. That's nearly three years. You're nearly three years. Yep. But no, that was um like the the noise in that room during that match. And I think that was probably the perfect person to to put Scotty Two Hotty in there with. Yeah, because there was it was it it was weird. It almost felt like a like a special sort of like so the word I'm looking for. Not special event, but it was like it was just occasion. Yeah, it was just like everyone was just absolutely loving it. Like, and then obviously Gene just made it made it. Fucking hilarious as well, and it was a decent match. Yeah, yeah there was like you couldn't really fault it. It was everything you wanted it to be. It was enjoyable. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they, you know, he Scotty hit all of the greats, but then Gene gave him so much to bounce off of as well. Because yeah, if you don't have a good um, opposite to Scotty Tuati, it's just Scotty coming out and hitting the worm. You know. Yeah, yeah. But they had such a good sort of chemistry and it just mm. made the whole thing like such a spectacle. Yeah, they bounced, they bounced off each other so well, didn't they? Yeah. That's the, that's the phrase I was trying to think of before. Physically <laughs> and metaphorically. <laughs> with, then with I think that, you know, that goes to make him... that He's sort of solidified himself in a... He's got a job for life there in the sense of he can be someone you can depend on to bring in these yeah. quirky characters. Like he had Gangrel as well, and then even yeah, uh, slightly different with like Blue Pain and stuff like that. <laughs> it's he you can give him the maddest of character to wrestle, and he's gonna make it. Yeah, great. Yeah, 
You can you can call him Blue Kane on here. We're not gonna get sued by anyone. Okay, yeah, Blue Kane. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck, yeah, you fuck you, Vince. <laughs> that Blue Kane thing, though, as well, is just one of the, like. It's just so funny. What was that? Didn't you tell me last time I was oh, last time I was on? Damn <laughs> <laughs> um, what what was it? They made him change his name to uh, Blue Blue Pain. Blue Pain. Yeah, because yeah. it was. Oh, it was only for some. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he, like he was obviously using Blue Cane, but then it it started getting popular. So like mm-hmm. <laughs> Vince was like. No trademark one. issue. Yeah. But they should have just spelt it differently. Yeah. I want to make a game. I'm going to call myself um I'm gonna call myself Blue Jesus. He should have spelt um, it like Kane Dingle and just came out with a Kane Dingle mask on and just being blue Kane. Oh. Or just a big what um just a big cagoule. <laughs> like Kane Dingle used to be. just a big dirty cagoule. <laughs> just Wonder- the full thoughts. Wonder how many wrestling podcasts Kane Dingle's names come up on? All of them. <laughs> All of them. You'd be surprised. At least yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon Kane Dingle likes wrestling? Um, social media him and ask him. I will. Soch him. I'll find What's him his real name? I don't know. I know. Hey, Google. <laughs> What's Who it? played Kane Dingle in Emmerdale? Kane Dingle was played by Jeff Hordley. Jeff Hordley. <laughs> oh, I felt like Iron Man with Jarviston. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever that name was that I've just said. Yeah, Jeff let's Hordley. get him on the show. Come yeah, on, let's message him and ask him to come on the show. We'll do it. I'll do it later. Um, let's <laughs> message him every day until he comes on, until it becomes <laughs> harassment, until the police tell us to stop, until the police physically escort me from his premises. <laughs> we will do everything we can to get um Jeff Jeff on yeah. the show. Back back Jeff. to the guest we've Emmerdale. got on at the moment though. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Hi, Tony. Hi Tony. This episode is brought to you by our good friends in Riotu. Riotu specialise in custom head scans, title belts, and miniature figures. Head on over to their Instagram page at Riotu to check out all their work and then head on over to www.riotzoo.com and see what they've got for you in their web store enter code FTBD10 at checkout for 10% off thank you Riot Zoo. have you got any sort of like goals in wrestling is there any any anything in particular that you want to do or any anywhere you want to wrestle or anyone yeah. you want to wrestle so um I kind of this, as as I said, what, at first it was just to have a match, but now like I'm sort of settled into this. I set a few goals, um, of like I wanted to double the amount of matches I had in my first year, double the promotions, and we did that very quickly, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and I was like, maybe I want to win win a championship belt, and I got to do that as well. So now I'm in a point where it's like, okay, let's start branching out and seeing if there's goals that are going to be quite hard to reach, but I'm going to try and do them. So. Um, so yeah, Progress and ICW are two promotions that are really uh, mean a lot to me. I've, I've visited their shows a lot as a fan. Yeah. Um, so to be involved in them in a capacity would uh, would be great. I sort of got to do that with Progress last week um, by getting 
double power bombed by Charles Crowley and um, Aiden English. So that was, I can sort of take that one off the list. Um, I can't believe you you've yet to be on a on a progress card like like a, a fish that I, I I thought you had been. Um, I, at I this point did commentary uh, for them once, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, no, it's, it's not it's not happened. But I, I think it's uh, there's you know, give me a year or two. I think It'll we happen. Can, we can get there. Less than that. Um, Less than that. Um, see, a lot of people are working abroad now, getting to like wrestle in Europe and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I'm I'm skint all the time, so I don't get to go on holidays. So I want to I want to get a booking abroad. That's what I. That's mm-hmm. a goal for me. Somewhere. Um, Any anywhere. Any literally anywhere. That's to me. be fair, uh, if you get booked for ICW, that's technically abroad. I count it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, I've, I've, I've wrestled in Wales as well. Does that count? Yeah, definitely. What about like Isle of Man, Isle of Wight? You get booked <laughs> over there. I mean, I, I could go there, but I don't know if they'd uh, like someone like me over there. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> um, there is no more open-minded person in the world than those who live on a tiny secluded island. In the <laughs> Horror films have taught us that they are an open-minded bunch. Okay? Rainbows, rainbows shine over those islands for a reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> are they are they they are, are they not like nice people are they over there? I'm sure they are nice. They just uh they don't you know they it's, it's it's like being a village without having any other land around small, you. you know, small town mentality. Yeah, yeah, it's just ah. sort of like you know it's, it's the Isle of Man, not the Isle of Gay Man. <laughs> that sort, of, <laughs> sort of not the Isle of Man on Man. Ah, <laughs> uh, one of them, one of them. That's so, right. It's the Isle of Wight. No, we won't. We won't go into that one. We'll that so one. it's 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 like uh, Warrington, but on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Essentially, um, but I think it's just be, the, the the they're just a certain age group, a very yeah, yeah narrow-minded like retirees and stuff. There, as yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> Let's just say they probably vote blue. Yeah. Oh well, fuck them then. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck them, don't want to go. Except if you want to book Tony for a wrestling show, obviously. Then. I mean, I'd take, the, I'd take the booking, to be honest. Yeah. I've got morals, but not that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've got morals, but when the money's involved, I need to pay. Yeah. Rent. I've got morals, then you get over there, and they're like, so so the theme is we're going to put you in a wicker man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be carried out to the ring in this wicker man. Um, Yeah. <laughs> That got dark. <laughs> so, ICW progress and wrestling abroad. Wrestling abroad. There's there are other ones on there as well. There is a few people that I really like to wrestle. Um, to be fair, anyone that I sort of been coached by, uh, I have already already wrestled Sam Bailey, but I want to wrestle him again. Yeah. Um, I get coached by Lizzie Evo. She's yeah. awesome. Um, so I'd like to to work with her. Um, Ridgeway, I mean Chris Ridgeway. There's <laughs> a bit, bit more. That's a very different sort of style of match, but I'd like that test, you know. Um, and then there's other people we've gone to visit, like uh, I've visited New Wave Training School, where like Flash Morgan Webster trains, and there's a great group crew of people. So I'd like to work with them. You know, there's just a, you know, there's you can learn so much from people, but you. you there's there's a completely different lesson to be had by actually being across from them. 
Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, as much as you can absorb from those people, then I'll yeah, take every you opportunity, can, you know? You can, that's you when can you learn. find out that they've taught you everything you know, but not everything <laughs> they know. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can learn as much from them in in a sort of coaching scenario or like a seminar, but it's being in a match from them, you can learn a, a hell of a lot more, I should imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you also like, you, you you see firsthand like them put everything that they've shown you into practice. Like yeah. working with with Sam, again, literally taught me everything I know. Uh, and at that point, he was the only person that had coached me when I when I had that match with him. And then um, even with that, I feel like I still wasn't even prepared for just how good he was. Like I I. I cooperated and I was there. I was in the match and I was doing my thing. But if I was like a sack of cement, he still could have had a belter of a match for that. <laughs> yeah. He, he's someone who gets, his name gets bought up quite a lot, doesn't it? From, from the people we have on who were in, in this sort of circle. Um, yeah. Let's say circle in the UK scene, sort of like, I know Helen Campbell's mentioned them. Um, was Megan trained by Sam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look at me remembering stuff. Good at this. I'm a journalist. It's almost like you were there when it's it was all... said. <laughs> I was, but yeah, he's, and he's... it's somehow recorded for you to go back and listen <laughs> to to gain the information in my brain. Um, yeah, but he, he's he's someone who a lot of people have sort of they, they speak very highly of him as well. Yeah, he's and uh... rightly so. Uh, he sort of opened his own school before the pandemic, but like since the pandemic, especially with like um, uh, uh, other schools, sort of like you had Fighting Spirit in Liverpool, which was doing great stuff before the pandemic, and obviously they couldn't reopen because the trainers were in the states, so DYV were uh, contracted. So um, Bailey has kind of, for for a, a long stretch, was uh, leading the charge for for training. I'd say. Um, there was other sort of schools about, but um, the sheer amount of people that went to him and the sheer amount of people that have come away, come out of that school, like he's the, he's he's been really kind of influential in like the northwest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for anyone anyone you watch, pretty much around the northwest, will have had some training by by Sam. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Some would say a Is fountain there... of knowledge. Is there any move you haven't taken yet that you would love to take? Um, I will one day take a Canadian destroyer. I've That's not... what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're quite commonplace now. I'm surprised. Like I, I walked home from work before and took three. Just yes. on the way home. Like that's how commonplace they are now. I was dodging super kicks left, right, and centre. Um. That's just it, though. You've seen my matches. You, we, we don't get that crazy in my matches. Uh, but we, we can always, uh, we can always work towards that. Yeah, something like that's um, a move like that. Uh, pile drivers in general, I don't seem to come into counter with. Like that, that, it's just I've seemed to avoided the pile driver wrestlers. Maybe, maybe people just don't want you down there. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's the case, but there's two sides to every coin. I mean, if I was a detective and I'm weighing up the evidence, I'm just, you know. 
It's a very good job you're not a detective, to be fair. Maybe maybe there's rumours going around that you nibble. I don't know. There's there's a multitude of reasons why people would want to give you a Maybe there's a sordid rumor going around that like maybe you just like bite people's thighs when you when you take a pile driver. <laughs> it's a good reversal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe, what? I feel like I feel like that's a question that does that it's hardly ever asked of of wrestlers. Sort of, what move would you do you enjoy to take? Because like. Executing a move, um, yeah, fair enough, dispositive, but taking a move as well is, is, is you need just as much talent to take a move as you do to execute one. Um, and I, I think people think just because it's being done to you, you just tend to have to sort of go with the flow. Like, I'm being right, yeah, yeah. You, you need to learn, you know, for the safety of the person doing it as well, how to safely take a move, don't you? So, there's just sure. as much knowledge going into that as there is as being on the attack. Yeah, you you really have to commit to it as well because if you go into it with like a shred of doubt, that's where the issues happen. That's where things go wrong, or things don't look as good. Like I get like a move as basic as uh, a choke slam. Like everyone knows how it happens. You put your hand there, and then the person goes up and they go down. But like yeah. the person taking it really has to like commit to jumping and pushing off the shoulder and like you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if, so, if you're listening, Goldberg, that's what you yeah. need to do. Yeah, and we know you listen, you bold. Great one of like uh, the Undertaker choke slam and Hogan, and Hogan just <laughs> he just falls over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he essentially lands on his feet, sort of Snoop Dogg five star frogs style, <laughs> and just sort of like backwards worms onto the floor. But I mean, yeah. Hogan, have we ever known Hogan to take a move really? To be no, honest? not really. Like, no. He he's not one of the iconic sellers, is he? Really, he just um, tends to. Oh, brother, now what? Ooh. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're doing, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he'd he'd be someone. Whenever he did have to leave his feet, he'd like hit the mat like a sack of shit, but not in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Really, there's a there's a, a reluctancy and a heaviness to, exactly. to sort of yes. how he sells and you can tell it's someone he is just not a giver obviously like he, he's a product of that time of because of what what he revolutionized and things like that everyone yeah. was up his ass and he was untouchable for the longest time but he just refused to move at the times um, oh, in, you know, yeah. in, in a lot of ways let's not go into them <laughs> but, yeah, no. like, I'm just, let's just stick to the wrestling for now but he just refused <laughs> to move with the times like the amount of times he he you know he he poo poo the finish in WCW because oh well people yeah. just think Hulk should come out on top and it's like well actually if you listen to crowd reaction which he doesn't he just pipes in his own internal <laughs> yeah crowd reaction to anything doesn't he? it's especially yeah. over like the years when you've heard people on interviews and stuff like that talking about like how he was just unwilling to do business with them like yeah. obviously obviously uh, Bret Hart. With the whole the, the the WrestleMania nine thing, yeah, the, the Yokozuna fiasco, <laughs> yeah, and then mm. Shawn Michaels was it the SummerSlam? I love when oh. when he oversold everything. That, that's just what I was about to mention. And yeah. I love watching that because you know Hogan that is driving him. Oh, he's like when he's when he's furious. Yeah. yeah, and it's <laughs> that's that's how you get the thing is Hulk Hogan is obviously he he does have some business intelligence but outside of that the man's yeah. a clown the man's yeah. an idiot and there's only certain ways you could try and get back at him for stuff and 
that is one of the ways that will whittle its way through his sort of idiotic cracks and really need yeah. land. Everything else will just be water off a book's arse, so to speak to him. That is how you get a man like that back. And it's brilliant <laughs> to see his, his micro-reactions during that match when Michaels is selling. It's just, yeah. I, I reckon he, like, wakes up in a cold sweat. Like, at least <laughs> once a month thinking about that. Just like, fuck. Like, just, I just... So. And he, he just I... sees Shawn Michaels in his in his like dreams, just like flying from left to right. And <laughs> oh, it was I loved it. It was brilliant. They just I just talking about Hogan. I think no, does he wake up in a cold square? I think when he wakes up, he kicks out at two. Like that's, <laughs> that's <what Hogan>. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, even his fucking nightmares don't get to win. No? His his alarm tone on his phone is just one, two. <laughs> oh. I just love how like. On his deathbed, the Grim Reaper will turn up to like collect him, and Hogan will just be like, "Brother, I don't think the fans are gonna see it this way. I really think they're gonna want to see me come out on top here. Maybe I show you the way, you know, stuff like that." Hogan oh. just turns around to the Grim Reaper and is like, "That's not gonna work for me, brother." <laughs> well, as, as someone throws <laughs> yeah. the handful of soil onto his coffin, you just see the huge hand come through and just start shaking off zombie Hulk. Oh yeah. On, that'll be a so many well, avenues we could go down with this. And I know we've we've spoke about this, I think, more than once on this show. But Tony, have you seen the the thread on Twitter of all Hulk Hogan's lies? <laughs> oh yeah, I absolutely it, love it. Do you know when people lie so badly that it like stresses you out? <laughs> yeah, I just, just I just want you to tell yes. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. That's what I'm like. I'm like, just tell the fucking truth. <laughs> it's it's like, like, just stop it. But what I love now is is that every interview he does now with let's let's say anyone who's not overly sort of right wing in America, but anyone who he does an interview with now, it's basically satire because you know that they're sat there listening to him going, I know this is lies. Yeah. I know you're lying about all this, but they just sit there and still do the smile and like Oh, yeah. really? oh, so it was you who first set foot on the moon. Ah, oh, because I thought, <laughs> Neil, oh, wow, you're so impressive. <laughs> and it's like, they just, it's like basically you're entertaining a senile old yeah. man at this point, aren't you? So just yeah. Yeah, tell him he won World War Two. You know what I mean? <laughs> tell him, like, tell him that the, that the actual comic book Hulk was based on him and not the other way around. Whatever. Just, he's, he's on his way out. Just let him smile and wave. Someone's got to let Buzz Aldrin know that he was actually the third man on the moon and not the second. <laughs> That's going to make him feel even worse. <laughs> But like with the what that one where he's I've, I've fucking spoke about this before, but it just it pops me so much that he he said he worked four hundred days in a year because of the because <laughs> oh, he was flying to difference. and back from Japan that he was yeah. like the time difference. <laughs> but surely, like every time you fly back, it cancels. It, it doesn't extend. It cancels out. It's still yeah. on the same day, right? Yeah. 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 If, if anything, he he worked he worked less one really really long day because he was like Jason. Is that right? I don't know how science works. Just, <laughs> the, the Earth's flat, isn't it? From what I've gathered, he um, never left January first. Like he was... <laughs> that's it. <laughs> January first, nineteen eighty two. Like he never left that period. I you know, you know the other week me. when. Everyone's tweets on Twitter were saying they were being sent from like the first of January, nineteen seventy, because something. Oh yeah. That that's where all of Hulk Hogan's tweets are sent from. <laughs> the first of January, nineteen seventy. 
fucking Hulk Hogan. And he said he was, uh, he had a, what was the other one? He said he had an audition to be the bassist of Metallica after Cliff yeah. Burton died. Yeah, and, and Lars Ulrich said he'd never mess with him. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, <laughs> nope. Yeah. See, we could make lies about Hulk Hogan up, but he's probably made them up himself. Oh, yeah. So there'd be no point. <laughs> he he discovered, what was it? He discovered Kevin Owens. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's the one who... Oh, um, he he discovered um, he discovered the Undertaker on the set of Suburban Commando, yeah, and brought him over to WWF Towers. Like not knowing Mark Calloway had already been wrestling in WCW, NWA, you know, a long time before this. But Hulk Hogan, yeah, he discovered the Undertaker on the set of Suburban Commando, and that he actually says that in an interview. That's not like written weird. He he says that in an interview. He discovered the Undertaker. At on the set of Suburban Commando and brought him over, told Vince about him, and Vince was like, "Bring him in, and I'll meet him." And then the rest is history, <laughs> so to speak. There was like oh. one with um, talking. I think it was like it was talking something to do with Elvis, but like Elvis was already dead at this point. <laughs> yeah, or, like he hung out with him or something like that, and like yeah, he, like Elvis was at a dead. WrestleMania or something yeah. like that, and it's like. He was he wasn't alive then. <laughs> See, the thing is, it it's it's not quite so ridiculous where you can say, "Oh, he must be mentally ill." <laughs> but also, it's like, is he really just that narcissistic and that just wrapped up that he doesn't believe that we're all capable of going and watching some of this stuff back? Yeah. Or just fact check and does he still does he think everyone's iPhone just goes immediately to HulkHogan.com? Or everyone's <laughs> laptop opens up and it's just HulkHogan.com. The news starts. It's like, well, today in Hulk Hogan. Like, does he not believe that we can just track this shit down and just falsify him? It's like when you two put that um, album on everyone's iPhone the other year, well, years ago. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, remember that? Every every time you open your internet, it brings you the Hulk Hogan fact of the day up, whether you want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to guess whether, oh, that'll be a good game, huh? Hulk Hogan fact or fiction. Oh, I bet that's probably already out there. Yeah. I just, uh, to be Google. fair, surely, just... surely that's what Hulk Hogan does every time he opens <laughs> yeah. his mouth. It's just playing Hulk Hogan fact or fiction. <laughs> All the answers are just going to be fiction anyway, so it doesn't matter, does yeah. it? <laughs> oh, I, I think we might just uh, discover a new, a new little segment for our podcast. That's it. We just ask people what their favorite Hulk Hogan lies. Tony, what's your favorite Hulk Hogan lie? <laughs> My favourite Hulk Hogan one, and I've got one. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a, I'm, well, I'm glad you've asked, finally. I've been waiting for this, um, waiting for, this for years. <laughs> so do you remember when he was, uh, you know, how he had that lawsuit thing about the, the sex tape? Oh, yeah. Mm. He lied on, on trial saying that he had like a 10-inch dick, and then they called him out on it. And he was like, no, Hulk Hogan has a 10-inch dick, but Terry <laughs> Belia... <laughs> Terry Belia has, like, a 6-inch. I just... I I love that Hulk Hogan That's has my got a kayfabe one. dick. Yeah, he's got a kayfabe dick, and we've all just got to go along with it. It's like... we. It's not like he's saying, oh, no, Hulk Hogan's got a 10 You paraded around in yellow Speedos for, like... 30 years, okay? We would have <laughs> known if you had a 10-inch dick in there. Let's just be straight up right now. He's like, this 10-inch python, brother. 
Oh, <laughs> and that's how I discovered Jake the Snake. I thought, I don't want this whole gimmick just for my penis. Let's pass it on to another guy. Jake already had the bag. <laughs> oh, getting the last bits of polystyrene goodness out of that. Polystyrene oh. wine. I think um, it's been I, damaging the environment. I think talking about Hulk Hogan's, well, Hulk Hogan's 10 inch cock, but Teddy's, what, four incher? 15. 15, yeah, it's bigger than Hulk he's Hogan's. Actually, he's actually really bothered <laughs> to Hulk Hogan. That's what, that's what people never really realized about Hulk Hogan. They thought he was playing it up. He was playing it down, man. He was the opposite to Spinal Tap. He turned it down. So he <laughs> yeah, his, his biceps are really 36 inches and not 24. <laughs> We've all just been sat really far away from our TV sets all these years. <laughs> uh, be- before we wrap it up, um, is the obviously you've spoken. You've got you've got future shock on Friday, yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday the twenty sixth. It's Sunday the twenty. Why did I say Friday? Sunday the twenty sixth. Okay, get your and shit straight, Neil. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. And then you're at Atomic <laughs> on the 6th of December. Yes. Uh, I will be at Atomic. Um, yeah, I think they're the sort of the, the, the two big ones. Um, I've got a, a charity wrestling show in Wigan as well on the 2nd of December, if anyone's in Wigan. You got any fans in Wigan? Is anyone, is anyone ever in Wigan? Let's be <laughs> honest. I think they all mentally checked out a long time. <laughs> Been to Wigan. What's, what's the charity Wigan. for? Um, Wigan. Um, so this the show's called Wrestle Story. It's Toy Story themed. So I think it's something. If I don't know, affiliated. Uh, it might be a child's charity. Oh, I, I feel awful. I've just made you look really bad. Bit, there. Right? Not as bad as the kids. They need charity, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Is, oh, is there anywhere that you're not booked that you'd like us to verbally abuse right now and bully into making them book you? Um, I have some addresses. I can do things. <laughs> well, it's, where where uh, where would you like to uh, to 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 see me turn up? Is the question? Oh, a very loaded question you're asking there, Tony. It's a very very loaded question indeed. Uh, hmm. Does where, it have to be wrestling? Let's see. No, no, doesn't have to be not... wrestling. Went to just why just come... Neil, you dog, just come round for the cuppa. <laughs> <laughs> why not? I've got loads of tea bags in the cupboard. I've <laughs> 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 uh, just made Sean laugh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a child. I am an are. absolute child. I don't care. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> do, you, do you want to let people know where they can find you online? If you want them to find you online, that is. You can find me online. Uh, pretty much every social media. Twitty, Twitter, Twitty. Twitty, uh, Twitty. Twitter, <laughs> X, same thing. Um, Insta. My app is Tony underscore right 97 on everything. I so. will share all of these ourselves as well. So make you. sure you follow. Stop being dicks. <laughs> Yeah. I just I just want to start a new social network called Twi- Tweety. Tweety. <laughs> Tweety. 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 Sorry, I haven't got it wrong. Sponsored by Tetley Teabags. 
Do you want to just briefly brag mention... about your soggy tea bag on <laughs> You have a yeah, it's like got a... Twig tea with a EA at the end. Oh, oh. yeah. You're, see, that's why you're the marketing guy. <laughs> I'm gonna that's why you're the marketing guy, Neil. Um, you're gonna be the face. Really? I'm gonna be the tea bag. <laughs> 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 oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, Not, again. Yeah. <laughs> Not again. I just like the noise it makes to... <laughs> when it lands. <laughs> um... <laughs> Do you want to just quickly talk about your podcast as well, Tony? I know you're on a little hiatus from it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's quite left field. It's not a wrestling related. Uh, cult comedy pod. True crime. Talking about cults uh, with comedy friend Tony Basnett. So... Um, I take the Sean role of I sort of just turn up and get to be there. <laughs> it's it's the but, uh, it's the best role. It's just so <laughs> easy to slide into. Um, I remember we had uh, we had Sean Smith at the blackout on uh, a few months ago. Me and him both said we are equally the Sean of each other's podcast. We just turn <laughs> up and just <laughs> let the other person push the buttons. Yeah, I listened to a, a couple of episodes of yours today, Tony, and I, I really really enjoyed it. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, there like it's. It is dead interesting because I I go into it. I specifically aren't allowed. I'm not allowed to know the stories, so I'm not allowed to research or anything like that. Um, so uh, Tony and uh, our mate Dan sort of research the cults, and then they tell me the story, and um, that's that is the podcast. So you do get like factual stories in there as well, but we just sort of riff and talk about it as we go along. Factual what stories. And much like this one, just goes off on fucking tangents as well. It does. Yeah. <laughs> There's some fucking There's tangents. The That's some ADHD shit going on. Oh, <laughs> so badly. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not even go there with me. That's not. Right? I've had old 17 conversations in one time with no people. <laughs> but I Hulk Hogan fucking hell just, <laughs> just me and my 12 inch penis <laughs> Hulk Hogan's got his own alphabet that's got 30 letters in it oh my god I'm, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make up some of these lies that's gonna be real. that's gonna be the next one the Hulk Hogan alphabet just goes H-U-L-K H-O-G-A-N <laughs> B-R-O-T-H-E-R brother <laughs> Ah, uh, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. stop recording now. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank Listen you. to Tony's podcast. I'm watching <laughs> watching wrestle. <laughs>